0: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That is right. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway, where you can support the good people, Greg and I. Good? Question mark? Uh, Doing this podcast every single week. PSP OTs, access to our Discord, in case Twitter goes down forever, and more. Okay, fun episode this week. We have Evolving Wild. The Twins are here to yell at us about analytics and why we are wrong and why Capococco and Lafreniere can't score. I'm sure they'll tell us that. And Greg and I talk about... A weekend of weird games that you got points from and you get pissed off about for some reason, one or another. So without further ado, here's Mark Messier, and let's get to the show.
1: Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Bush Breaker fans. Welcome to the Bush Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Bean. I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan. Greg, are you surviving the frost?
1: Uh, it's cold, man.
0: It's fucking cold, dude. Chicago, bit... I gotta tell you. The windy is what I was calling it when I was there, and uh, my eyebrows froze. Thought that was pretty neat.
1: Yeah, I, I had to shoot some video for one of the schools I work for, and it required me being outside for like 35 uninterrupted minutes. And I did it without a hat, and I was like,
0: "Oh yeah, yeah. that was kind of important." It's fucking it cold, was eighty-five degrees two weeks ago, and this has been weather talk with the guys. Um, sure was. Let's let's get right into it because the Rangers had two games over the weekend, two games they got points from, and yet I think, and I think we share the sentiment. I'm excited to hear uh, ways we uh, like unhappy wins, unhappy points. How would you how would you describe these kind of wins? What do you like in Mets fandom? What would you say? like a game you were you won, you probably didn't deserve
1: to win or you played like shit and you got away with it. Well, the the problem with the Sharks game is they didn't play like shit again, and I think that's where it's frustrating because it's not accurate to say the Rangers are playing poorly. That that's not casting the right picture onto what this season is. It, aside from a couple games this year, the New York Rangers have not played poorly. They're simply not scoring. And it's it's the equivalent of getting guys on base and making hard contact, but not scoring runs where you're frustrated. You're like, the signs are all there that this can't possibly continue. There is no way this team can generate these significant scoring chances, control this amount of the puck, dominate this amount of the play. Tilt look this the is good, Gregory. Yeah. I, it's, like, they look amazing. And then the, the goals
0: never happen.
1: Yeah, but I, I will say I, I am more accepting of the frustration now that I, I this team doesn't stink. I won't say that, but I, I think if you're angry with the puck luck not going your way or thinking that some players aren't producing as much as you would have hoped, yeah, I don't think I can sit here and tell you you're crazy anymore. Like I, <laughs> I'm happy they got the win. Um, I would have been apoplectic if they gave up that second goal with under 30 seconds to I go. I would have,
0: had to, we would have and, had to delete the podcast. Was, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it
1: I tough. saw what happened to the Jets yesterday and it would have been similar. Um it's it's tough. I really I really don't know. It is uh it's just it's not sustainable in a way where like when they regress it's going to be them scoring more goals at the same time. I can't sit here and tell you what the fix is there is no fix they just have to keep doing what they are doing but that doesn't make it not super fucking frustrating
0: incredibly frustrating and if you look at the east which before the season we talked about as being a powerhouse and it's kind of turned out to be true but there are two teams that stand above the rest the birds and the devils of course you heard about the devils last week Trust me, we were told um, by a couple people. We get it. We hate Brackback.
1: I understand. Uh, and right, uh, We should probably talk about that a little bit, though, because I didn't. I honestly, I hate doing the, I'm sorry you were offended, so I'm not going to do that. I thought it was a bit, and I thought we were all aware of it I being st- a bit. I
0: still think it's a bit.
1: I still think it's a bit. <laughs> he even said it himself that <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a, bit. a bit. I just did not realize the amount of vitriol that existed to a very large extent of the ranger fan base before
0: the the rivalry is stronger than we, than we, you and I think it is.
1: No, it I, first of all, I don't think the rangers devils rivalry is strong at all. If, if people, people can feel how they feel. I don't think I, you and I are in the minority in terms of, uh, rangers devils relationships. I just, I, I, Brad pack can be very antagonistic. And I think he gets under people's skin in a way that, I was just blind to
0: also gains favor with a lot of people in ways that are just shocking. Uh, but just for everyone out there that said, Hey, it's your seventh year anniversary. Why'd you have Brad pack as your guest? Because we had other guests and they couldn't come on.
1: I yeah. <laughs> Also, it's just like, I don't know. I, I thought it'd be funny. I yeah, really I did. Fun. I thought it would be entertaining.
0: Let's get back to the standings here. So uh, Easter conference, the Bruins, of the Devil stand above the rest. But everyone else is like within one or two points. It's not like the Rangers are buried here. It's not like they're back. They're tied with the Islanders. Both have 19 games. Penguins are back one point. Somehow the Flyers are still hanging around three points back. If they win tonight, they'll be two points back of the Rangers. But even the Hurricanes, who I think you and I would, most NHL pundits had them first overall by a mile. And that could still happen, by the way, a long season. Uh, are only have 23 points through 18 games. So the Rangers have some time to get this together. But when you say, what do they do to get this together? Well, nothing really can change because right now, Greg, they're still carrying 23 players. They are, uh, <clears> that sitting Vitaly Krafts off for some unknown reason, which we'll, we're gonna have to get into. I think there, I mean, there is reasons he struggled, but the future of this team really, really kind of harps on him not doing that. Uh, it, and that's how far the team is going to go. And, uh, they really have to figure out how to fucking put the puck in the back of the net. Like Kako, he's looked he looks awesome all the time, and yet when he gets to the net, I don't know what happens. Either a goalie makes a great save, or honestly, it's on him having some stone hands, or he makes an extra move. It if he gets that, like I'm I'm gonna be very very happy with Kako's production this year. He's looked awesome. The 4-check's awesome, but they're, he's not the only one that's doing that. There are plenty of Rangers that have that are snake bitten out of their fucking minds right now. Lafreniere being another.
1: Yeah, I. I don't know, to your point about like, oh, the Rangers need Kravtsov. I don't think, the crazy thing is they're playing so well, I don't think they do. Like, Gauthier's been so good that I, I don't, the Rangers needed one of Gauthier and Kravtsov to really beef out that bottom six, and Gauthier's being that guy. So I can't, I really can't sit here and say that, oh, if they put Kravtsov in the lineup, all will be well. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's helping Artemi Panarin at all playing with Barclay Goodrow, in the top six. And I would like that to stop, but out outside of that very narrow complaint, it's as simple as players need to score. And that's universal. It's very nice that Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad will get the majority of their points on the power play. Those two specifically need to do more at five on five in terms of scoring. This is not absolving the kids of any responsibility. It is a point of diminishing returns where it's great the kids look wonderful every time they take the ice. I have a great time watching them. If they're not scoring, I'm having less fun. And I I don't think you are slamming the Rangers or the kids by simply saying, boy, I hope they'd put more in the back of the net. Now, I know that uh, they're like five-on-five five expected goal numbers. It's, It's not so much to say the kids need to carry the weight of everybody else. And it's not so much to say like, Alexis Lafreniere had 19 even strength goals last night. He just needs to keep doing that. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. I I would both love, one, the kids to get more minutes, two, to break up the kid line, and three, for them to simply score more. I'm not, by saying that, I'm not criticizing anything, any of them. It's, quite frankly, I need Vincent Trocek to score more too. Like, I, I need everybody to score more with the exception of Adam Fox and Artemi Panarin. Those are the only two dudes where I look at them and go, yeah, I think they're fine. I'm not worried about those two. Everybody else needs to fucking pick it up at five on five. And the, but I, how is the question? How would I do it? I'm of the opinion. Uncle Rick brought this up, and I uh, gotta I tell you, I know where you're going. I this thought is... it was it, it was pretty good, but it's easy to say I would move Heedle and Kako up, and put them on that second line with Panarin. And then I would have a third line of Lafreniere, Trocek, and Gauthier. And I think that would be not just more balanced, but it's just like you're putting Lego pieces together that I think fit more snugly with each other. But my big fear, and we talked about this, as much as I love Trocek, my big fear giving him that contract is Galantz. He probably would have thought this anyway, but having a player of that, quote-unquote caliber and quote-unquote uh standing within the organization it's really hard to move him down even if even when he's been a
0: better player recently
1: it's not it's not a demotion he's still going to be on the top power play unit he's still going to get critical offensive and defensive zone face-offs if you need him and he's still playing with a guy like alexi lafreniere who is supremely talented but i just i think right now part of the problem is I mean, Trocek is just the unluckiest of unluckiest bastards. uh, The
0: the boys cannot avoid the post. If it was a post-hitting contest, the Rangers would be insane. They're one of the best teams in the league, but it's not. And Trocek has suffered greatly from that as well.
1: Yeah, so like... It's hard for me to say that he's worthy of a demotion. I don't think he's worthy of a demotion. Can we we have a quick
0: chemistry conversation? Because I I, I think this is something we haven't really gone over this year. Last year... We have the, the boyfriend theory, which is Mika and Kreider cannot be separated, and Panarin and Strom cannot be separated. That makes your lines a little hard. Are are we at the point already where Trocek and Panarin cannot be separated, or no?
1: No, I mean, that's a thing, though. That theory gets busted because Kreider's been separated from Mika. So if right, you can separate year. Kreider from Mika, forget about it. This year.
0: So who has chemistry this year? Mika and Kreider still have it. Got it. Kidline has it. Got it.
1: Outside of that... Where's the chemistry on this team? Well, no, but are you are you insinuating chemistry with their scoring? Because Kako looked great with Zabenedjad and Kreider. How I would I would assume that looks like chemistry to me. Lafreniere looked great with Trocheck and Panarin. I would equate that with chemistry to me. Goche's looked great with everybody. That's I'd, true. I just like are, are are you just replacing the word chemistry with another reason for why these guys aren't scoring? Because everybody looks great with everybody. So it's not like, again, we aren't criticizing. We're not criticizing the recipe. We're criticizing the result. And I don't think chemistry is chemistry is a recipe, not a result. These guys, they're all playing well. Except maybe the Rangers' bottom-pairing defensemen. And I'm not talking about the guys occupying the left-hand side. But it's just, they're not scoring. But I don't think that's a chemistry issue. I don't think... The 12 forwards the Rangers put on the ice on any given time, I don't think any of them look bad individually. Sands, Sammy Blay, and Ryan Carpenter frustrating me here and there, but they're fourth line forwards. I almost don't care. Like, the guys occupying the top nine, chemistry ain't an issue. Anywhere you go, they're just not fucking scoring.
0: It's that simple. I just wonder if we haven't found, like, the lines yet. Like the where where that everyone should end up because I'm super pro kid line.
1: Yeah, but like, you're just the only thing that's going to change your opinion about that is them scoring. That's true. There, there's nothing else <laughs> they can do to lead up to the scoring part. Like your opinion of, oh, that line worked is just that the puck luck's going to turn around like that. That's what makes this podcast so frustrating to do today, because I am frustrated and I am upset with how the Rangers are playing. But the answer to the question of, OK, how would you improve it? There's not a lot to improve on. That's why it's so maddening. Do if, you see if was,
0: ever going back to the right wing? I don't, I don't Me know. Either. I mean, Me either.
1: Me either. It's very strange. The, the, the answer to that would be yes if. Yes if Gauthier wasn't playing as well as he is. Yes if Kako didn't have clear up and down the lineup experience with so many other players. Yes if Vitaly Krasov doesn't come back into this lineup and produce whenever he does come back in the lineup. Lafreniere on the right wing to me is a crutch to get him in to more advantageous situations. But now the Rangers are finding him advantageous situations, whether he's on line one, two or three. I'm not worried about that. The only thing pissing me off is the buck is not going in the net. So it's just like, do I think he's better served on the right or the left? He's looked great at both. I don't think it matters. It's just better served if he fucking scores. And I don't know I really don't know what the like, what the missing ingredient is. It's like, what is the secret ingredient in Coke besides cocaine? Like, it might just be the Rangers need cocaine. Have we thought about giving them cocaine?
0: <laughs> the smelling salts are close. They do it's have close. It's, close. it's close. It's close. Yeah, I, I don't want to say you know the uh, the points debate with Lafreniere and Kako. It's it's endless. Whatever you want to say, but Lafreniere has looked suitable a lot of the times, especially on the on the left wing, comparatively to his right wing counterpart play. It just hasn't happened. I think your point about everyone looks really good is true. I just wonder if, like, moving Trojak down, like you mentioned, moving Heedle up and getting these pieces in different spots to make them, I don't know, gel better. But you're right. The, the team fucking looks awesome, with the exception of, like, Schneider here and there. Like, Truba had an awesome game on Saturday. So did Keandre Miller, who have had both of them had, I don't know, a couple down games. Just Truba's clearly playing through injury. We did the rant last week, right? And on Saturday, he, him and Miller Miller just shut that game down. And so congratulations to them. Everyone's kind of having quote unquote their games. And the team is still finding a way. It's just frustrating because you can see how the team could easily score six goals every night, and they just don't.
1: Yeah, this last year the frustration was there were things clearly not working, but the well, Rangers were was just things, Gregory. It was most of the team. Yeah, <laughs> there were things clearly not working that we were out here trying to fix. And the only reason keep it, the Rangers was staying afloat and playing great because the guy in net was like, fine, you figured your shit out. I'm not allowing any goals in the net. Igor is starting to play like that again. But I think the big reason why Igor has looked more frustrated the past couple of games is because I think he knows that this team is playing well in front of him. And I think he knows that they are doing everything you would want them to do with the exception of that very important final 5%. That is super frustrating. <laughs> My dude it's super cannot ridiculous. get a shutout to
0: save his fucking
1: life, Gregory. Yeah, I just He don't, can't I, do it. I just don't care about shutouts. I don't care. I he get there, He definitely cares. I, it's great. It's wonderful. It's just like if I win by seven or if I win by one, I just want the win kind of mentality right now. Um, I, will, I will worry about grading the landings and judging the landings of the jumps and the triple axles and the quad lutzes or whatever the fuck later on. But right now, I'm just focused on finishing the program and getting the win. And yeah, it's just like even mixing up the lines. The only complaint I have is Barclay Goodrow can't be on the line with Artemi Panera because I think it's not that Vincent Trocek is an offensively inept player. It's just that you're now putting two guys who at least have a defensive quality and defensive edge to their game where offense isn't priority. He's number one, two, and three. On the same line with Panarin, and I just don't think that works. Like, as much shit as we give Ryan Strome, and boy, do we! Uh, it's fair to say he was always concerned with creating opportunities to score in the offensive zone, whether it's him missing or him setting up teammates. He was, they were
0: created. Doesn't matter like what the end result was. The creation of offense was around Ryan Strome.
1: Yes, and that was his mentality, and he knew that. Whoever the third forward was on that line is going to have to pick up the slack defensively and help him out. Trocek doesn't think that way. So I do think you need a player playing with with Panarin that is mostly all offense, all go, all the time. And I can't think of a better player who is like that than Filipino right now.
0: Heedle's been really good. He's been the third best Ranger by game score this year outside of Mika Sabinejad and Adam Fox. Adam Fox looks totally rejuvenated, by the way. Yeah, we're uh, going to
1: have a Norris conversation about him later with Evolving Wild.
0: Feels like it's back on track, doesn't it? Just like, I, hey. Not just back
1: on track, it just feels obvious at this point.
0: <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy's um really good? And the, the craziest part about Adam Fox is how easy he makes everything look. I don't know if you saw that uh, quick clip of the... I forget, was it Geonome? I don't know who it was, but... It was the guys talking about Adam Fox and how he just looks effortless on the ice. And they go, are you even trying out there? <laughs> like, but the guy adds up with three points all the fucking time. He's amazing. And he just makes plays happen. Him on the ice versus him off the ice. Uh, I think the Rangers are a whole goal and a half expected average higher for offense. He's, he's a walking goal. That's
1: yeah, Fox, pass. in honor of the Hall of Fame ballot for baseball getting rele- released today. Uh, no player I can compare. Like if I were to do cross-sport comparisons for any player, Adam Fox is like the white Long Island Jewish embodiment of Carlos Beltran, where <laughs> Beltran, like there, you go back in the archives on the early days of the internet and you can find Met fans being like, Beltran doesn't hustle. Beltran makes it, Beltran looks like he's just coasting out there. And it's like, yeah, cause he's so fucking good that it looks effortlessly to him. The way he tracked fly balls, the way he would bust out of the box. It never like Jose Reyes looked like a man on drugs at all times, Whenever he was moving, there were so many moving parts and he was always moving so fast that it looked frantic to a certain extent. Whereas Beltran was just this smooth, steady, easy rider. And he would just put up numbers and do things, do the spectacular and make it look routine to a point where, Fans were like, well, he can't be that good. He doesn't fucking try. Fox
0: does, Fox does this all the time. He it's does like, it all the even, time. Is he, he is... even moving out there? And then he'll make that play where he dives to keep a puck in the zone. You're like, oh, fucking Adam Fox.
1: But like just <laughs> Fox Fox <laughs> controlling a puck, it looks like he's coasting up the ice. And then he'll just dip a shoulder and pull the puck towards the other end of his skate. And it's it like the defender is like, well, now I'm not even on ice anymore. I'm in the fucking swamp. Like, I yeah, don't know where the, the fuck swamp I am. Thing. What yeah. is this shit? It's just all of it. When it comes so naturally to someone and they are that talented, you know, it's like me and podcasting, really. It's yes. really what I'm saying. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. All right. Seven years in one week and all of a sudden.
1: Damn right, man. It's fucking Thanksgiving. I am thankful for my own fucking talent.
0: I'll be watching the World Cup all day. That's for sure. Uh, let's get to my last topic before we get to five stars and then our guest, Evolving Wild, who uh, we always love having on. This is probably the week the Rangers have to make the, make it down to 22. Who goes?
1: Who should or who does? Because I think those are I, two I do different questions.
0: It might be blasphemy, and I might take—I'm going to take shit for it. I do think the Rangers are going to try and explore moving Ryan Reeves.
1: Yeah, I mean that. It, I don't think you're going to take shit for it. I again, we cannot be more openly pro Reeves.
0: We've been very pro,
1: but very the pro one, Reeves. I don't. One point
0: five. It, it's going to make a big difference for the trade deadline if you move it now, as it is worth like three times the amount. If you guys don't understand how this works, uh, Vince, I'm going to plug Vince's podcast. My apologies. He had Puckpedia on the other week. talked about escrow. Please listen to it. He explains exactly how this all
1: works uh, better than I can. Well, escrow is um, different from what we're talking about. But sorry, that's not escrow. It's
0: the uh, salary cap that over time, it counts every single week. You get more and more money towards the trade deadline.
1: Yes. That's it. Yes. And it obviously, the, be, the best way is if you need to get a player, get the player off the roster that, the most expensive dollar amount that doesn't impact what's going on on the ice. And right now, listen, there is no scenario where including Ryan Reeves into the lineup would be a benefit. And that again, comes from a guy who fucking loves him, loves his personality. It's the Rangers are more fun with him on them, but you're lying. I would be lying to myself. If I said the most optimal 12 to 13 skater lineup, the Rangers could run at forwards. None of them include Ryan Reeves. Now I will say you can make an argument for Sammy Blay being the player as well, but I do think Sammy Blay is just coming back from a knee injury. So like, at least there's a reason why his play is down right now. And you can make an argument for his play coming back up Reeves. What you see is what you get. Like this, I'm not expecting him to have some kind of big bounce back or make some big impression. If he's back on the ice, I know exactly what I'm going to get. It's seven minutes, eight hits, and he's going to look gassed after three and a half of them. That's just what I anticipate. Blay, at least there's a ceiling above your head. Might not be very high, but there is a way up for him. Um, So Reeves is the guy that it should be. I still think think it's Carpenter. I really do.
0: Because I I think Rydall is the guy they're going to call up eventually. I think if you need to,
1: if you need to, like you have to, obviously if the Rangers were to lose Carpenter via waivers, it's not like you don't want to lose a player that could play in your lineup for nothing, but it's not like the difference between Carpenter and Rydall is if it exists, it's minimal. And honestly, there's a chance Rydall is better. So it's, and Rydall is waiver exempt all year. So you're, yeah, if you get, that's the other thing. Like, if you're worried about the Rand, you're suffering two injuries down the middle and having to use both Carpenter and Rydall. I got news for you. Shit's bad anyway. So, what are we worried about?
0: All right, let's get to some five star questions, and then we'll get to our guests. Uh, first one from Development Take. Oh, if you want to leave these, you can go to our Patreon and sign up, get our Discord. Leave them on the. Yeah, you should there. probably join
1: our Patreon, our Discord soon, because we don't know how much longer we got with Twitter. <laughs> I,
0: I think Twitter's going to be around. I'm not really too worried. We'll see.
1: I, I don't know. I'm skeptical.
0: I'm waiting for someone to just come buy it for $5 billion. That's what it's
1: going to be. You, you think he's going to eat
0: the $41 billion loss? Uh, I don't know if he's going to have a choice at some point. We'll see. We'll see. Boy. Uh, that was what a, an idiot. Interesting buy. All right. So, development takes time. Question, Ryan. What is your favorite Studio Ghibli movie? It is Princess Mononoke. Next question. Okay. David, all hell the kayak. Can we get a discussion on Ryan Reynolds potentially buying slash heading the ownership group to take over the Senators? Uh, he will not be able to afford the Senators. And I don't think someone will allow him to come into the group unless they want really good PR. And if that is the case, it's really good for the NHL and, it's, and there's no downside. And there's the only downside is for Ryan Reynolds if the centers suck.
1: Yeah, like if Reynolds wants to do the Jay Z Magic Johnson 0.1% ownership stake, but be the figurative forward facing face, cool. Like I, cool. I mean, it'd be fun. It's, it's good for the NHL. It, it it, really there's is. like. There is no bad way that goes. We all, I mean, most of us, I would say, have watched Wrexham love Wrexham. Um, and Ryan Reynolds is smart enough financially to understand that while he can afford Wrexham right now, you and I have had this pod- conversation on the podcast. Like, it does become, your own creation becomes diminishing returns at a certain point where if a day comes where Wrexham makes just League One, Ryan Reynolds is not going to be the principal owner of Wrexham. They will have to, import money into that club that neither McElhinney or Reynolds have so Reynolds is smart enough to understand that he cannot afford even as low as it is an NHL salary right now so if he wants to be a one percent owner in some weird ownership group more power to him I think that'd be great Uh, but I do think it's been it was a fun week with people being like oh I wonder what Ryan Reynolds can do I don't think a hockey promotion. player is going to sign in Ottawa because of Ryan Reynolds
0: promotion. That is it. Yeah, this isn't, no, they're not getting uh, a fantastic striker from league two. to Yeah. Like
1: Claude Giroux went back to Ottawa. Cause he's from there. I don't think Ottawa is going to attract more free agents because Ryan Reynolds is the owner. Agreed. Uh, Jay White, one hundred and eighty
0: eleven With Barry Trotz still available, I've been wondering how hot is the coaching seat for Galant and what has to happen for the seat to heat up? Also, love you guys for the best part of the Ranger season so far. Thank you, Jay White. Uh, I think they have to miss the playoffs and there's no way he gets fired this season. Yeah,
1: they have, they to, have, miss to,
0: the, they have to miss the playoffs and there's no injuries, major injuries.
1: I'll also say this. Droid does not strike me as the kind of guy that would want an ego the size of Barry Trotz working under him.
0: It does seem like Drury would want the control. And it seems like he also has a good relationship with Galantz. They both know their roles.
1: I think Drury is more in the Kyle Dubas built where Kyle Dubas is really happy Sheldon Keefe is his coach. And he likes that Sheldon Keefe is his coach. It's also, it's also the reason why Brian Cashman will never fire Aaron Boone. Like, Cashman loves being able to control. Yeah, Boone literally just up-
0: listens to whatever the numbers Cashman sends him in text.
1: Yeah, just, I think it. Drury likes having a guy like Gallant who is in his estimation good with the media, good with the locker room, will not bug him and really won't cause any waves in the locker room. Whereas Barry Trotz, as much as we love him and as much as we would love him to be the coach of the Rangers, you know Barry Trotz is the coach of your team, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, he takes over. I, I think he wanted control when he went to uh, when he was the Islanders. They wouldn't give it to him.
1: Yeah, and I think I think uh, Thirty Two Thoughts has even said like Trotz's next job, he wants it to be on a path to have a front, front, office front office role. Yeah. So that ain't happened in New York.
0: This is from Blue Gooner. Which teams would you absolutely not let your child children support? How would you rank them? Thankfully, my Ranger, my my five year old is already a Ranger Arsenal wagon. But I fear the youngest will eventually spite me. My hate order is Tottenham, Man U, Flyers, Pens, Isles. I think this is pretty Phil- easy for you, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, Philadelphia, or any team managed by Chase Utley. If my kid, if my kid roots for the Philadelphia-based team or Chase Utley, like he's de- he, 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 because she would never. He is dead. <laughs> the gr- a girl is smart enough to understand that. Like, okay, I won't do that. A boy is stupid enough to be like I think it'll be funny if I do that And I'll be like listen
0: It's over don't call me
1: Yeah, no, uh, (laughs) I'm not leaving this house But you will find a new one You orphan I'm accepting of literally
0: every other decision And choice you make outside of hard drugs That might kill you Fentanyl Uh, And this I'd honestly
1: rather my kid be like I love fentanyl I'd be like I can work with that (laughs) I We can fix that. I can't can fix, fix Philadelphia for you. Um, I think mine is
0: just probably Man City and the Islanders. That's where I am at right now. Um, yeah. like I,
1: if my kid was a Yankee fan, I don't care. If my kid was an Islander fan, I don't, care. Yeah. Fan, yeah. I I don't care. If my kid was a Bruin fan, i feel bad for him, but I don't care. If my kid was uh, a Liverpool fan, I'd be embarrassed. But I, I get it. Yeah, I'm him. right here. Yep. Yeah. All
0: right. Um, this is from Jetpack Jamie. When is it time to panic? January. We're almost there. Uh, I, I will
1: say I, I feel a level of importance to at least win on Tuesday so the Rangers can be in that quote-unquote theoretical playoff spot by Thanksgiving. It'll make me feel better.
0: <laughs> it's stupid, but I agree with you. A 10.30 start, I don't know if I'll make it. Uh, this is from Kako's Beard. The trade is one-for-one. One. Sammy Blade for Frank Petrano. Any opposition? No, but can they also trade salaries?
1: Well, not ju- Yeah, not just that. It's just like... Yeah, can I trade my guy who is glued to my fourth line for a guy who is lineup versatile? and I Who know also play is like, will shoot
0: the puck every time I want him to, which is what the Ranger team needs. Yeah, is.
1: I also would trade Blade a second-round pick for Pavel Buchnevich if we're doing things <laughs> that I'd like to do. Like I, saw,
0: it, I saw that like, people were complaining, like, hey, Pavel Buchnevich is not putting up the points on the Blues is here. The Blues stink. Yeah. Like, Buch is still good. He's still. It, it's
1: like, boy, would I trade Kapokako for Connor McDavid? I don't know. That's a hard one. Let me think on I
0: it. I might think about it. Uh, Connor McDavid is ridiculous. Yeah, he's pretty good.
1: Uh, Many Jack are different. With Miller's
0: ELC up this year and the apparent team regression every time Lindgren is out, does it make sense to sign Miller to a bridge and give Lindgren a longer contract, like the twenty in the 23-24 season, like a five year contract?
1: No, uh, because the problem is Lindgren will keep coming out of your lineup. So you yes. just need to figure you need to figure it out without Lindgren because Lindgren's not going to magically become more resilient as he ages. He I, plays an aggressive style of hockey that we've talked about before that does not age gracefully. And if you don't want to go the way of the Dan Girardis and Mark Stalls again, you're perfect. not extending Ryan Lindgren.
0: I like Ryan Lindgren a lot. I would wish he would sign a three-year deal. His agent should immediately be fired into the sun if he ever
1: did that. Frankly, I don't think I'd go longer than two years on Lindgren. I would do just constant two-year contracts.
0: I would do a three-year after this one again, uh, but I, there's no chance he takes less than five,
1: period. Yeah, I'm, I... No, I. the problem with the Rangers is there's too reliant on Ryan Lindgren, a player who's going to keep coming out of this lineup because of how he plays hockey. They need to fix that. They don't need to magically hope that Ryan Lindgren somehow gets healthier. Just Gypsy says, Julian Gauthier is on
0: pace for 15 goals. Does he get there? Did he reboot his router and continue downloading? I don't think he
1: gets there. But Dude, We should have the awkward conversation of, you know, there's a chance Gauthier is still the odd man out. absolutely yes again not something you and i want but we the readers of tea leaves at least need to understand that they walked away from him once
0: twice Even he was supposed to be 20 player 23 in hartford this year and he requested a trade
1: over the summer
0: (laughs) over the summer please be generous last (laughs) february (laughs) uh all right last question from bretley if there were an anakin and obi-wan on this team who would it be and why does the ranger anakin turn evil
1: oh this is the easiest question i ever saw i wanted to respond to it the second i saw it obi-wan is truba and anakin is braden schneider this is it (laughs) it's the easiest and why why does why does schneider turn evil because we all kept telling him he was the chosen one and then it turns out he's not actually that good but he can't accept the fact that he isn't actually that good and might be part of the problem and there are other Padawans out there that maybe we should have given more attention to, and we'd lost our ways. And Truba, you might not always agree with every decision he makes, but boy, is there a lot of wisdom beside, behind every decision that he makes, and he's going to have the high ground. Yeah, it's Adult Schneider baby Truba. It is the that's I mean, the easiest question I've ever heard in my entire life.
0: It was tough flying through the trenches, but we did fly him through the Dallas stars, not the Death Star. So there you go. All right, let's end there. <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, we'll be right back with Evolving Wild Transition. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero
2: sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
1: Ranger fans, it's time to light the lamp this winter with our friends over at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win, but we know it's going to be the Rangers. And you can get $150 in free bets when you do so. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can also turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. You know, the things we promote occasionally in partnership with DraftKings. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. All you got to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, Use promo code BLUESHIRTS, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if that team wins. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code BLUESHIRTS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details.
0: Hey, we're back with our first guest. We have two guests today. Uh, both of them are twins. Uh, they're Josh and Luke of Evolving Hockey, Evolving Wild. Uh, they're recurring guests, and uh, they're best known as Blue Bar Good, Red Bar Bad. Gentlemen, <laughs> welcome, welcome back.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. What is this, our fourth time? I was trying Fourth to think or fifth. About, yeah. It's like, a
0: year. It's seven years now, so I, I think we didn't really find you until year three.
2: Yeah, it took a while, and we were... We were, yeah, We, I'm, I'm trying to think. I remember the first time we did it, we were at our old place. We moved like two years ago. So it's been at least three or four years that we've been coming on here and there.
1: I think the biggest shock of all of this is every time you guys come on, I make a joke about how the Twins are going to trade Byron <laughs> Buxton, and he's still there. <laughs> he's, still he's, on. he's still here.
2: He's still here. You know, he uh, – Um, I mean, the Twins are still a bit of a sad state of affairs, but, you know, we still got Buxton. Still got Buxton. Yep.
0: Hope and dreams, everybody. Uh, (laughs) I know. There's there's a lot we want to talk about. Uh, (laughs) And Greg sent you some notes beforehand, but I have some curveballs. Okay. All right. right. Uh, so, oh, actually, no. Fuck, this is in
1: one of his questions. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Uh, see, I, you you do something for a long enough time with one person, you can anticipate the fucking curveball. <laughs> I, I read
0: the questions <laughs> and I didn't read well enough. Hey, um,
2: let me let me just say we we do this all. We're twins. We do this all the time. Yes,
0: you guys, it's, it's ridiculous. So let's let's start with this question that Greg had uh, buried in the notes. Uh, usually, in most sports, there's most improved players, but Lieber Hayek in the past was so bad. That Since he's average now, is he in candidate for the most improved player? <laughs> um, I was, uh, you know, we were,
2: before this, you know, we did a, a big deep dive into the Rangers. Uh, you know, I mean, I always just have, you know, want to prepare a little bit. And I don't know, I normally don't consider players who are still, like, you know, not that great going it, from, like, worst defenseman in the league to, like, kind of not good anymore. Like, you know, I... <laughs> maybe i guess is
0: my answer <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a valid question greg has the best theory that it's Lieber hayek is the best story in sports because nobody gets this amount of chances uh
2: yeah it is it is actually insane how he's still now i don't want to be exception you know overly mean but it's been he's been one of the players you know we have a. We kind of joke that there's a couple of players that like when we're redoing our or, or updating our models in the off season or we're doing anything new, there's a couple of players on both ends that you kind of know are either really good or really bad, so you kind of use them as a bit of a like um i don't know like a, a to check things and Hayek was always one that was like, "Oh, yep, okay, things look good because he's yeah down he's near. down here <laughs> wrist line aligning." jack johnson branson yeah on the high end it's you know mcdavid matthews mccarr those those things you know and then you know fox which i'm sure we'll talk about adam fox because what is Hayek is what he's like is he a kind of more of a 70 or is he being actually
0: so they've been rotating him and jones legitimately okay uh, in, in a way that's kind of scary jones had some times where he showed flashes but had some defensive lapses which really didn't sit well with old gerard gallant and then from there, uh, they were like, you know what? Bring him in. Lieber, high like,
1: it's it I guess it's the question of if you're the 10th best defenseman in the league, <laughs> it's really hard to move up in the power rankings and become the 4th, 5th, 3rd best defenseman in the league. But if you're 389, <laughs> you know, he's jumped all the way to like 175th. And I think, <laughs> just looking at the numbers, I don't think a player is going to make a bigger leap this year. That's all I'm saying. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, it's a little bit like, I, and well, no, it's not actually all that similar, but Tate Thompson was the previous example of a player who, for years, was just not good. And then last year, out of nowhere, he just ended up being really solid. And this year, he's looking pretty good as well. So it, it does happen. Um, I'm trying to think of some other players who've gone from, like – like I, I, uh, uh, at one point, Risto is kind of like that, but he isn't really. I think Zaitsev is another one who's kind of like was for a while was like one of the worst defensemen in the league. Well, he does that one, by the way. No, no. Or Zaitsev. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, no. I, Zaitsev is kind of a little bit more what I think of with Hayek because he was really, really bad. And then he, and some of it kind of. I would say, well, so we're going to have to see. Defensemen early in the year, you know, it's still very early, and there's still a lot of time. Uh, to to go back down to yeah. kind of what we yeah, <laughs> yeah. Always... I don't want to you know it's I'm not saying that it's uh it's gonna happen but I would say it's more likely than not that he would uh kind of fall <laughs> down the but I could be wrong I could well, be wrong
1: uh, here's here's my thing uh with Lieber Hayek I always hope it's a small sample size because if it becomes. A large sample size, that means he has to keep playing. And I got to tell you, that's the problem. But, like, it's, it's a nice funny joke when he plays seven games. And it's like, look, he's not that bad anymore. But if you get to the 60-game mark and I have to evaluate how he's actually playing, something really terrible has happened.
2: Yeah. I, I have, so, has he – because we're not – we don't watch a ton of Rangers games. But does get he it. look – as bad as the numbers show, like, this I, year
0: he like his skating looks good, and he's made some plays that are like, is that Lieber Hayek? Wow, he actually <laughs> even had a, a he he scored a goal. Jacob Truba can't do that, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> the and,
1: and, the <laughs> thing the thing he does that cracks me up it's like he's so committed to following his man that he will completely ignore the flow of play and where the puck actually is. There was a play earlier this year where uh, Hayek. Was just like, nope, we're playing man on man. I'm following my dude into the corner, but the puck was in the middle of the ice, and it forced Braden Schneider to play one on three, and it eventually led to a goal against because Hayek was just off on vacation, having a nice old time with whatever player it was he was guarding in the corner where the puck. I got, I can't emphasize this enough. Never went and was never gone, and he was just on. He was just out, out to lunch. He was like, nope. This is it. You said guard this guy. I've guarding this guy like my life depended on it. And the Rangers are like, okay, but come on. Please, will you do anything? But like this year, the nicest thing I can say about Lieber Hayek is that ninety five percent of the time I don't notice him. And I, yeah. that is market improvement for him. Yeah.
2: Well I was gonna say when I watch the Rangers, like I'm I'm normally uh not Trying to pay attention to Lieber Hayek, you know. I'm looking. <laughs> Let's wha- talk try- about
0: the player you're trying to pay attention <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, like Adam it, Fox. <laughs> you know, it's, well, my, well, true Adam, but, Adam Fox is
2: very, uh very noticeable. But you know, Caldray Miller. You know, I'm looking at the kids, like trying to kind of see some of the new, you know, the players that it's not like I'm not like scouting de- depth defensemen. You know, that's not when I watch a game. <laughs> generally. What I'm I'm looking? We just out have for. a lot of
0: fun with Lieber on the show. <laughs> oh, I know. It's kind of the mascot. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Greg,
1: well, I heard, I'm going to take your question. Well, you hold, on, hold on, before we get into Adam Fox, I heard someone yell Truba, and I think it was, <laughs> I think it was Luke. I, I have to know. Is that from a place of? Are you being mean? Because I get very defensive about Jacob. <laughs>
2: Well, do, looking into, I, I guess it was Josh. By the way, Josh. it was not. It was I'm, Josh, I'm okay. Luke, um, and that's Josh over there. No, I, I was mostly joking because you mentioned him earlier, but he's been a player that I think we've kind of watched here and there, mostly because he. Like going, kind of going back to his older days, like when we were first getting into it, Truba was always a really interesting player. Um, and I was mostly joking. I haven't really watched uh, Jacob Truba all that much this year, so I apologize. Okay. <laughs>
0: mostly slap shots from the blue line, <laughs> yeah. some murder yeah. here and there, and playing injured. So yeah, he,
2: I will good. say that um, currently, by some of our models, we probably would have him as the worst player this year on the Rangers. Oh come on, <laughs> um, that would be my. Uh, now I I will carry well, out by saying know. he's been having. Uh, probably, um, some of the worst, like, shooting, um, and you're talking about shooting, you know, from the blue line, but, uh, you know, I haven't actually watched, like, a lot of his habits or not, I, but I will oh, say that... Oh, my dude,
0: he sees the puck, that's it. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> slapping that puck. Yeah, I don't,
2: are, are, do you guys, are you fans of Archer? Uh, the show? Yeah. No, I haven't really ever seen We've it. We've seen a little bit, I've seen a little bit, but not, like, I'm not a fan of it. I there's a,
1: it. there's a character on Archer named Cyril, and anytime. He needs to do like covering fire. He just yells suppressing fire, closes his eyes, and shoots a gun blindly. And that's how I would describe Jacob Chuba.
2: Yeah, I would say based looking at uh, you know, some of our models, I think that that, that that's a pretty good summary. Yeah. That seems about right. Yeah. It's he's interesting this year though, because his actual like five and five, some of his like shot and quality generation is not um it's like not as bad as some of like the so we have a i guess for your listeners some of us who some you know may remember we've maybe gone over this but we have kind of a couple different models we use um from our site evolving hockey we have a one called an ripm or regularized adjust plus minus model and then we also that's have blue, our
0: just for those listening yes. to make it easier that's blue bar good red <laughs> bar bad
2: it's yeah i that's what a lot of people associate with i will just say that it's not entirely that simple uh, <laughs> but, i'm just telling you what idiots like me uh, think. uh yeah it's what a lot of people associate the site with but um we also <laughs> but we also have some player evaluation models like you may have heard of goals above replacement or expected goals above replacement um and so from some like they're kind of used for wrap them is a little bit more of like the more looking kind of more into the numbers type thing and from that view i think truba's actually looked like kind of a little bit more average in terms of just his general shot generation this year and like kind of quality production i i mean he looks better than hayek and you know a few other defensemen and not a ton but but. but yeah i was saying that like the most of his like negative value is coming from his individual shots yeah which seem to be um not going in the
0: net he can't Uh, help himself it's unbelievable he's like should i pass this to my skill players
1: no well i do the kids that are wrong i do believe he leads the nhl in most shots taken without scoring
0: as of last Thursday, it was 57 shots without a goal. Yes.
1: Yeah, that that makes a lot of
2: sense to me. Yeah. That, uh, okay, so that lines up. I yeah. just saw, you know, you're, we were talking about um, players just coming out of nowhere, and I saw some, uh, well, we don't need to talk about the Flyers, but Nick Sealer has been uh, causing me, I just wanted to go look into some things because he's looking really good. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> Not going to talk about Flyers here. This is the Rangers.
0: <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's get to Adam Fox. Actually, a good player. Okay. Okay. Uh, Won the Norris already. Last year, this guy, Cal McCarr, kind of took it from him. Rightfully so, by the way. Very good player. Uh, But this year, it seems like he's having a better start to the season than the year he won the Norris. What are the stats saying about Fox? Because he's been absolutely ridiculous to the eye test side.
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, Fox is – I think that we would have him right now and probably – it's still really early, obviously, um, but I think he's easily in the top three, like probably top two in terms of like the Norris contention right now. I don't remember exactly what his start looked like in his Norris year. Um, I'm pretty sure that we – I'm trying to think if our – like our quote unquote ballot had Fox as the. I believe you guys one. had him third earlier. Okay, yeah, a psychopath that's right. You guys, shit, yeah, so you guys I'm gave a us a lot psycho. of. You gave us a lot of shit for for that. I remember that was like a. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah, I remember that. Um, but I mean, he has been absolutely. You know, the only player I would say who right now is probably would probably be above him in terms of like I think the best defenseman in the league has been Eric Carlson, who's kind of having like an. What, absolute, what's up with that? Oh, I have no I mean, idea. It's out of control. So it's, yeah, yeah. I think that right now, probably looking at some things our top three would probably be like carlson fox and mccarr like that's kind of where we're at right now Uh,
0: we all expected Uh, Yeah. yeah
2: and uh and so i don't i have no i clue no clue what the hell is going on with eric carlson in san jose but that would be i i would be very surprised if that kind of sustained through the whole season i mean he's just playing at such a ridiculous pace right now um i don't know if that's sustainable whereas you know fox's play seems very sustainable and we know that he is one of the best if you know i mean he's one of probably i don't know top consensus like top three top five defensemen in the the league i don't know what the consensus is but that would seem to be um you know given he's just been had such consistently strong results um that i think that you know fox for norris you know you might get the uh I don't know. Get the banners out yeah. early uh, this year because uh, yeah, I think that's that's very much looking like it's in the cards. But overall, I just think that Fox has been. I mean, I, I just think he's been the Rangers' best player this year. Like, I think oh yeah, you by could, far, I would say. Uh, yeah, by quite a bit, and our kind of our models really just agree with that. I I think that. Every he's he's kind of doing the same the thing that like the you know, there's a couple different or I don't know, there's a couple different like kind of profiles that we sometimes like to I don't know, I don't I don't want to say put defensemen in, but you'll see from time to time and Fox is kind of in that well I don't know, we're Wild fans, so I always used to joke that it was the Jared Spurgeon model, but does everything well. But Fox does you know, like Spurgeon was always does everything well. There's some defensemen who are like that. Not – no no weakness, but maybe not a, a particular, like, huge strength. Where Fox has um, – you know, he, he's just, like, just so good overall in general um, that I, I think that it's, like – I based on – especially on his kind of past, I, I think that easily he seems like he's on pace to be, like, a finalist in the Norris right now. But it's still obviously really early, so.
1: Well, it feels like we, we – sometimes when you're watching a great player, you, you almost – I hate to use the word bored, but you do find yourself getting like bored a little bit by greatness where (laughs) Fox bursts onto the scene as a rookie has this great Calder campaign. Everyone's like, Holy shit. This guy's so much better than we ever thought he would. And then he somehow raised the bar the next year after that wins the Norris. And you're just thinking to yourself, the sky's the limit for this guy. And then last year, it's not that he underperformed. It's just, he did everything you expected him to do as one of the five best defensemen in the NHL but didn't seemingly do the extraordinary that was above that so I feel like people took him for granted a little bit and then this year he's just come out and he's not only been the best it's it's double-edged where he's been the best ranger player the rangers have been playing better but for whatever reason not scoring goals but yet Fox is scoring goals so now he's not just this dynamic defenseman but also they're one of their one or two biggest generations of offense coming as well. And it's like, it, we're back to remembering how special this guy actually is. And I I, I say all that to say, maybe David Quinn is just a defenseman whisperer because that's <laughs> what's brought Eric Carlson back to life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. I
2: think there's, you know, if we're going to talk about Carlson more, you could, you know, we could... You could really just you know find any anything, and it would kind of this early in the season, it would it would probably make sense because it doesn't really make sense at all. I guess is what I'm saying, <laughs> but I, I yeah I I think Fox is he's just a player that is just been he's been super solid too and I think it's a I for you guys it's a little and Rangers fans in general it's a little bit of a shame that McCarr just happens to exist right like you said that you know he was so good and then heaven was also had a fantastic year last year um and Fox just I think got a little overshadowed by a little bit of the narratives around heaven but then also just McCarr's insane year as well um so he's he's back in kind of I, yeah, and I think right now, I mean, there's a couple other players that we've considered, like, kind of top, what, top five, like, defensemen for a bit. I think McAvoy's been up there for a bit. Hamilton was up there. I think Hedman, obviously, and McCar now. But Fox is definitely, I think, in, in that kind of category of, um, uh, of just, like, the really solid defenseman who's, like, consistently one of the best in the league.
0: Go ahead. See, but what you're not thinking about is when, in 2030, when Kamakar loses his legs, Fox is still going to have his brain. So, he's got the long <laughs> game on him. Like, that's, it's really... But
1: also, if you guys want to talk about the inverse of Carlson, it's Hedman, right? Because, has anybody been more, oh, red, more bad than Victor Hedman so far I, this year?
2: I was just looking at that, I was like what is going on here because like you know sometimes like when it's early seasons you know in the early season with our models i'm you know looking at the outputs trying to see if there's anything wonky and i saw a headband i was like what the hell is going on here and I, then i was like looking at his like raw on ice results and it's like yeah i don't know that's a head scratcher i haven't really watched a lot of lightning games this year so i i don't know what's happening there but yeah uh, yeah, when when you're in the kind of down in the in the bottom with like uh, you know Tyler Myers uh, and Gu Branson and you know some, it, it's just like what is going on now. Obviously, he's still playing a ton of time, but it's just like yeah. Again, I like Luke said, I can't really speak to what he's looked like, but considering how good Hedman was last year and how he's how good he's been for. I don't know, forever, right? Like, it it reminds me a little bit of, like, the, uh, was it last season that Petrangelo and Thierry were? Petrangelo had a huge fall off, I think, in the year after he signed with Vegas. Um, And he's a little bit on the kind of bounce back, but that was another thing. The weird thing with Hedman is that he's still on the Lightning. It's not like he changed teams and went into a completely new system. It's like he's still playing with all the same players he played with last year. And it's just. I think those guys
0: are just exhausted, man. Yeah, I was going to say
2: they've. They've played a lot of NHL games in the last like 3 or 4 years, you know, it's it's going to catch up with them. I don't know, maybe not, but it seems like it kind of is. Yeah, with well, Hedman is just it's so weird cuz he was all, for, you know, for years was so so solid defensively and this year that's where his value has really tanked has been in his defensive play. Um and so yeah, it I would have to go you know i, I don't want to act like i've you know have much insight into what if these if there's been any change there but yeah he's like you said he's like the opposite of carlson this year um you can maybe yeah well yeah, eric yeah. carlson stole his powers that's yeah. maybe I that think doesn't that... it
0: doesn't make sense what he's doing no yeah speaking no speaking of not making sense what they're doing last year the rangers analytically stunk they were <laughs> unbelievably bad with the exception of this guy Egor worshiped and you might have heard of him now the rangers uh blue bar very good and but they are not the, they're not the same team they can't win close games they're losing in overtime all the time why but they they can't score what are the what are the analytics saying about the rangers overall when it comes to their performance um i mean just so we we do a, the the model
2: i kind of like to look at for this is the same thing with the blue bar good red bar bad right but mm-hmm. it's just instead of with skaters it's with teams so it's the same model, it's just instead of having skaters in the model, you replace it with teams. And so, I would say that at basically at even strength, they're looking pretty average and they're looking pretty phenomenal on the power play and shorthanded. Um so it seems to me like looking at it from kind of an outside like statistical point of view is that their special teams are really kind of um where they're kind of, you know, making all of their well, a lot of their production is coming from and then even strength, they're just having a lot of um poor shooting luck, I would say. Um, I don't really know
0: why that is. Um <laughs> or... we, we don't know why either. The post yeah. exists, like it's just been a nightmare. Yeah. Like every ranger can hit the post a million times. But the whole season it's just been shoot the the, the, the Rangers have never looked like this. Shoot the puck forty eight times, dominate possession, uh lose. Well, it's it's
1: uh, it's the first year ever where fans are openly wondering, like, are they shooting too much? Do they like in order to be successful, do you have to shoot less? And it's it's it 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 sounds funny to say it out loud, but we're at the twenty game mark, and trust me when I say I've seen enough to at least say that it's worth considering. I don't. I obviously don't agree with it. You obviously need to keep shooting more because when things aren't going away and puck luck isn't going away, the thing to do is not becoming extra choosy and picky about what shots to take. But it's it's really hard when you do a podcast once, twice a week about a hockey team. And every time you come with the podcast, you have to go... Boy, the Rangers really look good tonight, if only they could fucking score. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and, and one thing I think is interesting with the Rangers this year is they also, their their defensive game is a lot better this year. Like, I knew you, you had mentioned, but, like, overall, they're they're doing a really good job of, like, limiting chances. Like, comp- I guess what I'm saying compared to what our models had shown in the last, like, year or two is that the Rangers were very, less weird, like, especially last year. But, like, I, I, in my head, they've always, you know, they've kind of been a really, really good, shooting, you know, like they rely heavily on shooting and goaltending. You know, I mean, Shosturkin was obviously, and he, you know, that's another thing. Luckily, the Rangers have still, Shosturkin is, at least by our stuff, has still been very good this year. Um, So it's not like that was, you know, a fluke last year. I don't think anyone really thought it was, although it was extremely high. And so one thing that I think overall is that, like, it's an interesting thing that you bring up, and we used to see this a lot, and it's kind of the, I don't know, the debate. I, I don't know if it's really a debate, but about, like, you know, like, do you want to try and, um, you know, and we talked about this earlier with Truba shooting all the time, right? As opposed to trying to set up maybe a better chance, is like something that kind of, I don't know. You see with certain teams that do succeed, is that usually volume, volume, volume only, without any kind of um, discretion for better chances, actually can be. Uh, like a bit of a detractor in like a short-term thing where you're just taking low-quality ch- shots as opposed to trying to set up. And I don't know if that's a systems thing with the, Ranger or the Rangers. It's also a very, you know, it's 19 games, 20 games, which is still starting to get to the point where you're like, can ask the question. Um, but one thing at least is that the Rangers have been um, better than defensively than I th- than they have in the last few years, uh which is I think definitely a good and de- thing. And when we defensively we ta- we're talking specifically like skater defense. Yeah, like that doesn't yeah. include goaltending. That would be like as a skater group, you know, There we would look at their like coursey against or like shot all shot attempts and then their are expected goals against. That's kind of what we're looking at defensively. And there. and I think the only thing that really explains it is Jimmy VC is now a defensive guy. <laughs> the and honestly
0: he is. It's very it's very strange.
2: It's the weirdest thing. I mean, you, you. I think you sented this over. I don't want to, uh, you know, spoil the question up front. But he's easily the. I think the Rangers' uh, most surprising story this yeah, year. I think so. Uh, that's, that's what we, my answer was going to be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, he's uh, listen. He was a PTO. The Rangers wanted to carry twenty two players all this year, and then all of a sudden, Julian Gauthier and Jimmy Vesey show up, and it's like, hey, remember when you wanted to carry twenty two? Why don't you just bench Krabs off again? It's like, okay, um, now what the. What the hell do we do? Dubinsky's <laughs> like earned his earned his ice time, and he like sometimes plays on the first line, but he knows exactly what his role is and as as the as the decoy role on a line. He's quite good at it.
2: Yeah, I I would say that that's a that that that's a very surprising development on the Rangers. Um, and I mean we see this like sometimes it just takes a, a player, you, you know, to be put with different. T- you know, player types or to be put in a different role and asked to do different things that actually ends up suiting them. And like, nobody really knew that. And so I'm not sure kind of how Vizid was deployed previously in his career versus how he's being deployed and used in- with the Rangers. But um, I mean, maybe that's an-, an instance where they just kind of found something that works for him and it's clicking. I don't know.
1: Well, it's it's very much a lesser degree, but kind of similar to me, at least in terms of Rangers recent history where, under Elaine Vigneault, Pavel Buchnevich was kind of this player that was shuttled down to the bottom six, wasn't being given a whole lot of opportunities to do a lot more, it was really frustrating with fans because fans wanted him to get different looks. And then David Quinn comes in and is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put this psycho on a penalty kill and see what happens here. <laughs> and his entire career exploded from that point on. And it's just like, I wonder with Jimmy VC, he was a Hobie Baker guy, comes in, doesn't sign with the team that drafted him, is one of those post hype NCAA free agents has a lot of confidence, has a lot of high expectations signed with the Rangers at a weird point in their transition where they were coming down off those Hank years. And he was kind of this, like they didn't really have a farm system for him to work his way up into. So he just had to be something he wasn't ready to be. And to put it, frankly, he failed and now has been able to reconstruct his entire career and make himself valuable in a way that is not just noticeable but important to winning teams because when you look at w- when you would make a list at who are the 12 most important ranger forwards like vc's like seventh on the list He is <laughs> yeah comfortably up there yeah
2: and it's interesting to look at his past like you mentioned i mean because he was with like it wasn't like he was terrible with New Jersey last year, like he didn't play a ton. I guess he got eight hundred minutes uh, last year at even strength. So he, I mean, he I guess he you know he's, he's obviously a depth forward. That was what he was, but he was pretty solid defensively last year. And one of the only things was that he just kind of had some like some unlucky. Uh, I think not a lot of goals went in when he was on ice, which is you know. But he was still solid, and you kind of see a bit of a transition because he was not um, you know in his early years. I guess you would say that he he really it took a while for him to you know ever really play a lot of minutes at all you know i I, because he was with the rangers when he was back in well no he like, played he played like a lot of time oh, with the rangers no i, I, forgot I right, about yeah, that. yeah i was looking at it because he lost, lost his two
0: front teeth for them
2: yes <laughs> it's true. but it's kind of yeah it, it's one of those weird things where it's like i would you know yeah it's it's hard to really say but it's been very surprising that was you know with the rangers that that vc is you know it's kind of funny look at their depth charts right now cap friendly has him on the top line and he's League minimum, you know, playing with Zabana, and Kreider, uh, you know, um, or surrounded by, and then below him is Panarin and Trocheck, right? You know, he's making seven hundred fifty thousand, and the other forwards that are on his line are, you know, all in the upper echelon of millions. So it's it's just kind of an it's a really interesting story that I I've seen some Rangers like I I don't remember who it was somebody I've seen some people like Rangers people talking about it, but um definitely huge. I mean, it's very well, good. And I was gonna say the really interesting thing, kind of looking at some of our models, like his first three seasons with the Rangers. He was very solid like offensively or maybe I should say like pretty solid offensively and just really bad defensively. And now he's kind of completely transformed his game where it's like the exact opposite of that. Like, I mean, not exact opposite because his offense is like pretty solid too, but it's just his defensive play from our models has like gotten real with the Devils last year and with the Rangers this year has just improved significantly. Um, which is just kind of odd. Like I don't know. There's some players that like I was saying they kind of just get shuffled around, put with different playing or with different players and then they get put in a different role and they actually like where scouts may have saw something in them and that actually didn't end up working at the NHL level, but they hey, they have another ability or another set of a skill set that actually does work in the NHL level and that's working out really well.
0: Let's talk about finding skill sets that work in the NHL. Heedle, Lafriere, and Kako <laughs> all, all, all look better, eye test-wise, than I've ever seen them. They can't seemingly score. I don't know what's happening. But every single time they're out there, they have possession of the puck for two minutes. They skate around everyone. They look better. And then nothing happens. What What, what is the model saying about... I- the children so
2: I I will say that I I I got a lot of it was a joke but I'm also I know you got
0: I retweeted it I know Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I it was a funny joke I am still watching that though mostly just I think right now that lot so for anybody who doesn't know I I had a joke tweet about it It was like wow it was like Lavenier and and Kako are looking incredible this year how many goals do you think they're going to score combined 15 or something something. and I said 15 (laughs) as a joke I quote tweeted in in Made you both mad and Rangers fans? You're on fans pace were, right now. So uh, it's not well, like... no, they are on pace. I believe I looked at this about for about 20 goals. So I'm still like, I think you know, and it, but yeah, it it is funny. I think one thing you know, we we saw this a couple of years ago. Or I'm trying to remember what season it was where where um, uh, where Kako, uh, Kako was like you know like kind of like where did this defensive season come from? And I'm trying to remember which one that
0: was where we that were, was the second season under Quint.
2: Yeah, and this season he's been like. Oddly, still really solid defensively. I mean, and and so well, maybe not oddly, well, not oddly. Maybe. Sorry, not oddly. But I think ba- I, I I'm talking about how I don't know. I'm not sure what the Rangers narratives are, but I think most people still think of him as like supposed to be this offensive talent. Who, he's an amazing you know, value
0: for two point five million dollars as a right winger.
2: Uh, yeah, and and he's been. I mean, he's been really solid. I mean, like he hasn't been any spec. I I wouldn't say he's been spectacular, or maybe what some Rangers fans would hope for. But I I think some of the scoring stuff will. Obviously, come and I think it's some utilization, but he's been really, really solid. And also, like what I mentioned earlier with the defensive side, like I think I think Caco and um you know and VC and like uh you know even Lafreniere, like it's kind of helping convert the Rangers into a bit more of like a responsible defensive team. Um, the goal, you know, obviously I think fans want the scoring, uh, and it hasn't come yet. But I think overall, you know, I they're both they both been really solid, and I think Kako specifically is it's it's really interesting to see kind of. When he first came in the league, when he was drafted, high draft pick, you don't necessarily think about the defensive side, but that's kind of what he seems to be turning into a little bit more um, than what I think people thought at the time.
1: While we're talking about the kids, I I, I know you guys don't watch the Rangers on a nightly basis, so you're actually the perfect audience for the next player (laughs) I want to talk about, which is Braden Schneider, because I think the worm is starting to turn a little bit in New York Ranger fandom. But I'm always curious to get the opinion of people who just see the Rangers from like the 500-foot perspective, and they're not deep into it every night. They're not trying to pick nits everywhere they go because they have to watch every single second of the Ranger games that get played each week. So in your guys' opinion, Brain Schneider, 20-year-old right-handed defenseman, playing third-line minutes for the Rangers occasionally, getting out there on the penalty kill— are you encouraged by what you're seeing? Should Ranger fans be encouraged by what they're seeing, or should Ranger fans be kicking themselves that it sounds like the Rangers had to choose between Niels Lundqvist and Braden Schneider, and they took the other guy?
2: Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not going to lie. When you brought up Braden Schneider, I had no idea who that player was. So awesome. uh, I'm just going to. Yeah, I'll say that. I have heard of Niels Lundqvist though, because he. I think he was taken. I looked. I, he was taken two years earlier. Wasn't. So when you say so explain to me, because I don't know the story and how Nils-, Nils Lundqvist and Braden Schneider are connected.
1: So Nils Lundqvist breaks camp with the Rangers last year, gets 25 games at the NHL level, stapled next to Patrick Nemeth, who had arguably Ooh. the worst Ranger defensive season. But don't
0: worry, they're from the same country, so they got to get along.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it' Awful. And then Schneider is... Lundquist, his profile is more offensively minded off defenseman who can create in the offensive zone, play the power play, get you scoring chances from the blue line. That's great. Braden Schneider is built more like a Gerard Gallant defenseman, where he's a stay at home defenseman, will lay a big hit, can do some things offensively, but no matter what happens, you're getting a defenseman's defenseman with Braden Schneider. That, And I don't mean that to like the negative correlation because he came up and he played quite well with a really bad defensive partner in Patrick Nemeth. Again, there, there's a theme that connects them both, and it's Patrick Nemeth, which is the most depressing part of all this. Uh, <laughs> but Niels Lundqvist and his agent took a look at the situation, told themselves they weren't going to get a fair shot at playing time with the New York Rangers.
0: Guy named Adam Fox exists. A guy so. named
1: Adam Fox exists, guy named Jacob Truba exists, and a guy named Braden Schneider exists. So they've requested a trade. He gets their wish. The Rangers have Brayden Schneider now, and Lundqvist is spreading his wings a little bit in Dallas. Whereas well, Schneider points. is, again, a guy you guys don't know about, which <laughs> while it, it doesn't say everything, it does say something.
2: <laughs> so I will say, so just the cursory, like early season results this year with, you know, I know Schneider hasn't, I just kind of look, looking into him, he played for the Rangers last year. So Lundquist with Dallas has been very solid. Um, I will say very good. And Brayden Schneider this year, um, specifically offensively, like from a kind of shot generation, like just when he's on the ice, like his impact on shot rates and shot quality is very, very solid offensively. He's weaker defensively, as you mentioned. um, And Brayden Schneider, his um, impact on offense, like shot rates and shot quality is basically the exact opposite, where it's been really bad. Um, (laughs) But he's been more solid defensively, which – kind of you know matches what you just explained so if i you know being 100 percent honest i would be pretty disappointed that nils lundquist is not playing for the rangers right now uh instead of uh brain schneider i hope that doesn't make people mad but that would be my because
0: he he wanted to run a power play and he was never going to run a power play
2: yeah (laughs) i mean that's true in his life yeah Yeah. yep and so that's fair and you know more power to him uh but yeah i would uh I would say, but again, this is, like, Brady Schneider. you know, he's a very young player. You know, he's only 21. He's This is his. He's played now, like, 60 games in the NHL. So, you know, you see this with players like this where they're kind of trying to fit in and figure out, um, you know, how to best, you know, play in the role that they're given. And so I think it's still pretty early um, in his career. So I'm not going to say anything definite about where his trajectory is, but... Um, yeah, that's kind of, I guess, my take on it.
1: <laughs> and Less- to go, Just to go one step further with it, again, it, not to blame his individual performance on the players he plays with, but he's been playing with Zach Jones and Libra Hayek all year. And I yeah. think at least two of the games in which he's played with Zach Jones, Jones has randomly been benched for a whole period at any given time. So Schneider gets put into an even bigger line blender where he's playing with even more jumbled messes of other teammates. So, like, consistency in terms of who he's playing with is not exactly a premium he gets to enjoy.
2: Yeah, and, and that's the one thing I think, with especially with younger players, I think not having a, you know, I, I think we've kind of been watching it with some of the young wild players or some other young players in the league. You know, like, I mean, Marco Rossi is one, Shane Wright as well. I think it's just really tough, especially when you're that young and you're, you're still inexperienced, when you are put in a situation where you're playing kind of bottom pair minutes or, like, seventh defenseman or, like, you know, Very, you know, fourth line minutes, like as a forward, it's just tough when you don't have that consistency, and you're trying to like, and you're also, you know, one of the things is that I I think still some teams, I don't, I'm not going to say the Rangers don't, uh, they clearly probably know this, but like how, you know, if you're not playing with the best players, like, and especially if you're, or even you know, good players, if you're saddled with players that are maybe a little suboptimal, um, that could be really hard, I think, for young players. So it's it's, I think it's way too early to say. Camera
0: pans to Lafreniere and Kapokako, who have six minutes of power play time in the last three years. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't want to come yeah. off
2: because you know Schneider is still really young, and and um, but so far his uh, I think defensive like, results have looked you know pretty good. But. but again, I want to say that like generating offense when your defense when your when your partners are Lieber, Hayek, and Zach Jones, like you know, that's going to be difficult. I'm not gonna lie. That seems like that's it would... hard,
0: and you're probably skating with the third line of Barclay Goodrow, yeah. Like who somehow can score at a fantastic goal on the backhand randomly, but then other times <laughs> like can't figure out how to offense at all.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's like you know, it's really. I, I mean, I think that this is this just brings it up with for like i josh mentioned marco rossi but like you know we watch the wild most consistently among all the teams just because you know we live in minnesota and it's um but anyway and so with marco rossi like he by our models has ended up looking like one of the worst rookies in the league this year um but it's you know, it's if you see look at the context of like how he's been deployed, it's like he's been on like third and fourth lines with like other basically age Now you grinders. understand me, yeah. Now you
0: get everything I went through.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's funny because I'm not sure what Braden Schneider's like draft profile was, like what he was kind of scouted to be, because he was taken 19th overall, right? Top like,
0: floor, top four floor, like second pairing guy. That's the draft profile.
2: Yeah. So like I don't know, and like. That's the thing is like if you are putting a player who is you know has I don't know if he like is considered like skilled or more of like a very responsible like kind of just solid. He's very it.
0: mature for his age. He has a great jawline and he throws hits, like and that's <laughs> that's like his bow. Like Niels Lunquist is is small comparatively, and that's yeah. that's a big part of the reason the Rangers didn't chose him. Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's just going to be one of those things where those two players specifically in the eyes of Ranger fans are. They had a choice to make, and they chose Schneider instead of Lundqvist. So now whatever Lundqvist does is going to be a reflection on Schneider, and that is unfair to him. But at the same time, that's just – this is how us sports fans work. You had a choice. You made your choice, and now the guy you didn't choose we're going to look at critically and evaluate him against the choice you did make.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's very – I mean, I I think that that's that's very – well, yeah, that's how it works. Well, and, and the <laughs> other thing, like you mentioned too, is it's like, well, I mean, Lundquist is never really going to have that the kind of spot that he wanted on the Rangers, right? I mean, like that was just not going to happen, right? Um, and so never, yeah, and and so like now, obviously, like Dallas, you know, it makes sense for him. You know, they lost Klingberg in the off season. They, you know, it looks like he's been playing with Suter this year. You know, which is funny that you know, I, and so it's it's just like the the there was more spots for you know Lundquist. So I think Schneider is a player who, um, I, I think. With some of his early results, it's still, he's got, I don't know, does he even have 300 minutes? I think maybe, you know, 350 I, minutes. I'm
0: still a Schneider guy. I'm not out. I yeah, think he's oh, fine. Well, and that's I think the thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I think,
2: yeah it, when it's this early with a young player, it's really hard, especially when, you know, they're kind of in a tough position and they're kind of asked to play like these kind of depth, you know, AHL, like, I, I don't know, like, you know, call-up type roles or whatever it seems like. And you guys
0: don't know this, but the power play, too, for the Rangers, sometimes they'll get on the ice with, like, 33 seconds left, and that's generous. They won't really establish the zone until there's 11 seconds left, and that's the whole power play. Yeah. That is... That is it. That's what Nils Lundqvist is going to run the rest of his life because Adam Fox will probably die a Ranger. Yeah. That is not going
2: anywhere. I mean, but maybe this is, like, you know, karma for the Rangers uh, getting Adam Fox in the first place, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Listen, cool by me. I'm a great trade. I'll do the trade every day of my life.
2: You know, that seems like, well, you could either have Adam Fox or Nils Lundqvist. Like, maybe that's the comparison that should be made. No,
1: but the the karma for Adam Fox is... Henrik Lundqvist had to go his entire Ranger career... Without Adam Fox. Well, not just without Adam (laughs) Fox, but being good enough and making the Rangers good enough that the Islanders were always non-existent. So a kid who grew up on Long Island idolized the New York Rangers instead of the Islanders. But the penalty was Henrik couldn't ever win a cup. And that's how you end up with Adam Fox. You had had to go through 15 years without winning a cup while also being sexy and amazing (laughs) just so this future dynamic NHL Norris winning defenseman grows up a Ranger fan instead of an Islander fan. So that when he gets drafted by Calgary and then inexplicably traded to Carolina, he's like, fuck both of you. I want to go to New York.
2: <laughs> yeah. That,
0: there Which you is go. what Nils Lundquist did with Dallas, by the way. So all power to him. We got a first at least. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It seems, right. it
2: seems uh, comparable there that, that, you know, Nils Lundquist is like, Hey, Adam Fox did it. I kind of want to do, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, I don't know. I don't know where yeah. he's, I'm assuming Nils Lundquist is Swedish. I would." <laughs> Uh, That's yeah. correct. Yes. Okay. I was going to say he's not like he grew up in Nils Lundqvist grew up on, uh you know, in oh, in Dallas. Yeah,
1: Montal- but, yeah, he grew up <laughs> in the Dallas Fort Worth yeah. suburbs. <laughs> he, he went to Jerry World on his Sunday yeah. and then he's like, man, I really want to go there.
0: I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, last question for me. The East is very strong this year. Incredible. What the Devils and Bruins are doing are also insane. uh Do you see either of those teams coming back down to earth? And is there any, I, you called the devils like a year ago. You were just a year too early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were joking
2: about how we, uh, um, you know, we were just, yeah, we've done that a couple of years now, uh, with various teams. Um, like last year also, you know, we were a little, a little early on Seattle last year too. Um, but no, I think, uh. I think the Devils have been, yeah, out of control this year. The Bruins as well, but I think the Bruins... There were still, like, some people that, like, were... I, I saw some response to, like, Dom's, you know, team projections and our projections as well, where there were a lot of the public models that were like, well, the Bruins are still going to be good this year, when a lot of people were like, no, there's no way. Um, and it was not surprising at all to me to see that the Bruins are still really, really strong and really, really good. I mean, I mean I, Now, I, now do I know. do we anticipate them to keep their, you know, what, uh, like, Bruins are at a... a like, 89% point percentage right now. Do I think that's going to be sustained? No. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... Like, will Omar continue to be as good as he's been? You know, I mean, they, they, anyway. So, I think that with the... Of the two, I think just because of the... the Especially the top players on both teams, I think the Bruins obviously have more established players in Marchand and Bergeron and McAvoy and Lindholm and Pasternak, Pasternak and, you know, I think the Devils are clearly, like, the younger team. I But... I And they also still have some questions with their goaltending, which was... Very clear last year. I mean, I, I don't know if that's entirely solved. So I think if I had to pick one that's, like, more likely to continue, I think the Bruins make more sense. I think both of them are going to fall a little bit. Um, but I think... I mean, de- but the the Devils' underlying, like, numbers are just insane. Oh, they're, like, they're, yeah, they're out like, of control. Like, their shot rates and shot quality and even goals are just, like, I mean, pretty in- out of control. So, like, I think given... Those type of numbers, um, I, you know, I would expect them to still be one of the top teams in the East. Just kind of what we've seen. Same thing with the Bruins, obviously. Um, but yeah, the Devils have been just extremely surprising this year. I mean, we thought they were going to be pretty solid, and I think higher than a lot of other people. And they've been just. But we insane. didn't think they would be this. Good. No, 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 no. I no, think no, no, we no. would have gotten. I, think, I mean, we would have. I, been... I want to say our preseason projections had them second. Right behind Well, the, the the Metro is just so close. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, it's the same thing as it was last year. Like, it's just it, there's a lot of teams kind of in contention there for, you know, playoff spots. And it's going to be a grind.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I just I remember over the summer, all the people being like, oh, it's not Patrick Kane. We should be focusing on it's going to be Pasternak. It's going to be. I was like, cool, man. I wish I lived in your fantasy world. The <laughs> Bruins are going to be fine. Uh, last question for me. Carlos Correa, what's going on there? Is he
2: coming back? <laughs> uh, well, he opted out of his contract, so I'm assuming that he's not coming back, right? I'm pretty sure that that was. There's the no nation. way he comes
0: back.
1: So I yeah, there's yeah. not,
2: and I don't know. The, yeah, the, unfortunately, the Twins they 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 just they can't. You know, I, it's it doesn't really. Um, I don't know. I don't have much to say about the Twins because I've been I've been trying to avoid it so I don't get sad
0: about the uh, team. I'm, I'm a big I, Joe
1: Ryan guy. So uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I meant I meant uh, I I was really bullish on the Twins last year, and I. I tried to bet they're over, but in some haze, I accidentally bet they're under and won. Uh, so I, I honestly thought they were going to be great, especially after – um oh what, what trade did they make? They made a trade last offseason that I really loved, and I was like, man, these twins, they're going to do something good, and I really – I'm going to like it, and then they – And their division's bad. Like, there's no way they can't win. I know. Well, and that's the other thing. The division
2: kind of underperformed this year as well. I will be completely honest is that I actually didn't. I watched the Twins for the first, like, month or two of the season. And then, I don't know. I think free agency took. Like, we. I will be fully. I guess we could have said this earlier is that we've. One of our goals this year, the amount of hockey we were watching last season and through the playoffs, by the end of the playoffs, I was completely burned out like i oh we were too yeah we were totally luke and i and it was our first kind of year doing this full time and we're like every day we would watch like a game or two or three and we did that for like nine months i think and by the end of it i was like you know i i i can't i hate sports right now like i don't want (laughs) to do anything and so we've been this year and I, I kind of felt that. I guess my point is with baseball a little bit last season. As I was like, I can't watch sports, and I just spent ten months every day watching like you know four, four hours, five hours of hockey, and like I need to take a break. And so I think that coinciding with the Twins also being kind of unfortunate uh, this yeah. last offseason was like kind of it was. Don't like, blame you. Uh, yeah,
1: and any the no sport if your team doesn't get off to the start that you want and things get dark fast, no sport is more depressing in that regards <laughs> than baseball. Because at least if your hockey team's playing poorly, they get a couple days off and you get to walk away from it. Yeah. But baseball, it's like, oh, we suck tonight. We get to do this again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and we get re- to suck again immediately.
2: Yeah, it was funny. I-, I think it was the, um, what was the year the Twins lost like 110 games? I think it was 2017, maybe 2018. It was like the year there was like Sano and Buxton's like first real year in, in the Twins. And I was super into the Twins. They were awful. And I watched like Every game. I had every game on because I was like and it was fun. It was fun in hindsight, uh or it, but or it was fun at the time, and in hindsight I was like, what the hell was I doing watching a hundred and ten <laughs> team like hundred ten lost You're one team. of like
0: eighteen people alive that yeah. did that.
2: I, I got yeah. up every day like on like and I would like on weekend games I would like, you know, I'd like be like, let's throw the twins on. I want to watch <laughs> them and I'd watch I watched like ninety percent of their games this year and they lost like, I don't know, two <laughs> It was it was so funny. So it's I think now it's a little bit of like we've been doing that this season where we've been trying to like I've been trying to kind of space my you know, not watch hockey every every hour of every day when it's on and try to like kind of take a little bit of a break so I can still kind of maintain not burn out ultimately. Gotta take care ends. of yourself, man, yeah. Really. A little bit.
0: It, it 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 creeps into everything else you do when you don't. It's it is obnoxious. Oh yeah. Well, uh, gentlemen, think it's oh, oh
2: oh I no I was sorry I didn't mean I was just gonna say that it's different when you have to cover like every team right and it's like yes versus like when we were first fans you just watch the wild games right or so you what just you're doing is Rangers. wrong
0: like actual NHL cover people just read Twitter and don't watch games like that's <laughs> like they like, if you think it's, it's funny it's like hey who has a grasp on the league all the games start at the same time you can only watch two games a night unless you're eight TVing it it's. It's a, it, there's no, like, slating it out. Like, sometimes the NBA does, at 15 minutes, you can do this, this, and this. Or you can watch, like, tape, all 22, like, NFL. You can watch the whole NFL game in 20 minutes. That's not the way hockey is. Like, you just can't do that. No. It's very hard.
2: It's very difficult. And, you know, it's when, when I'm watching a hockey game, right, like, you're glued in. It's not like baseball where you can be do something else and, like, oh, here's the pitch. Okay, pitch. Exactly. And then you can do something else. Oh, here's a pitch. Okay, do something else. It's, like, literally, the game doesn't stop, you know. <laughs>
0: Like like I, like I watch three Premier League games a weekend when the when EPL is on, so I have a really good feel about all the teams. But like, they rotate, they're on the TV, all that. That doesn't happen with the NHL. <laughs> like no, that's not, like there's like one NHL today or like t- TNT. It's like one
1: game. Cool. Oh, I know. Yeah. 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 Wait, Am it's I also- not supposed to be tuned into every Met pitch? Is that why I'm mentally unstable? <laughs> <laughs> is, is this the problem we've all figured out where everyone is just doing something else during a baseball game and I'm sitting there like this 2-1 slider could change everything? <laughs> <laughs> maybe,
2: that, maybe that is the problem. If you change that up, maybe things will Yeah, it will sounds cope. like a disease is what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Honestly,
1: no, you're not far off. Yeah, right there with alcoholism, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, gentlemen,
0: we do have to go. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure. We love Doing this every single year. Anything you want to plug other than subscribing on the website itself, evolvinghockey.com.
2: Yeah, well thanks, thanks again for uh for having us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a, it's always a pleasure. Always Thank a you. pleasure. I guess what do we have? We have a. Uh... We don't really have too much coming up. I guess uh uh yeah, like you you mentioned if you're interested in like some of the models or some hockey stats or you know projections, we have a site evolving-hockey.com. You can consider subscribing there. Um yeah, we don't have too much. We're getting ready for I don't know if either of you guys are going to be heading to Seattle for Seahack at all for the conference. We will not be. Okay. We will not be. Well, we will be there. We're giving a very short talk at the conference this year. Nice. Um, so uh, I guess if you're going to Seattle, you'll you'll see us and, you know, come uh Come say hello at the bars after afterwards. Uh, hey, let, yeah.
0: let me pitch you an idea real quick. January tenth is is Rangers Wild, and we do sometimes on this thing called Playback of Live Watch. Would you be interested in joining us for a little bit? Oh hell yeah, yeah, I definitely be be down. I think I, I don't know. We'll see
2: how disappointing the wild are in the next uh, uh, yeah. couple months. But uh, yeah, also I will warn you that us we've done one or two live watches before, and, and it's a lot of it is me just like exclaiming and making
1: noises and not
0: oh noise. it's cool that's like that's what we do too and we had like 200 people show up and watch us do that
1: so like, <laughs> yeah during, during one of them someone brought me chocolate chip cookies and it was the best part of the stream wow did, oh so.
2: well yeah and we'll have to have we need to have you guys on our podcast you know yeah, we do a podcast as well. i guess that, we should be plugging that too right i guess we did that <laughs> a year ago but whatever we have evolving <laughs> hockey podcast so you can go check it out but yeah we'll, we'll be i think that's it for us and plugging things but yeah cool, let us know if you want to do that in uh, in january
0: yeah, we, we will stay in touch. I'll have our people DM you. Greg, get on that. <laughs> Got it.
1: Got it. Daniel, I'm writing it down on my arm now. And since I don't shower well, I'll be able to keep it there Sounds until it. <laughs> all right. We're,
0: we're out of here officially for the podcast. You can follow me at or on Twitter. You can follow Greg at Bush's Break while Twitter's still around. And we will see you guys next week. Love you guys. Bye. Okay, it is the end of the show. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to our patron subscribers. This is how we keep the show going every single week. It actually paid for Greg's health insurance for a while, and he sure let you know. But now he has a job. But still support us. We really appreciate that. Uh, so at this part of the show, I thank all the NHL Insiders Club, which I think there's a mole. I think there's a mole in the Insiders Club. There's someone out there that has an 8 in their name that keeps reporting things that I've put in that chat. Very interesting. Who could that be? Hmm. World Cup's happening. Anyway, let's name them all. Adam Cassie, Adam Cohen, Adam Curtulo, Adam Linder. Lindner? Lindner. Adam, feels like you're not new, but yet I'm still reading your name for the first time. Adam Kiesch, Alex Flynn, Alex Carter, Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Rattel, Brandon Lekos, Brandon Magnum, Brett Granger. Sometimes I feel like you guys change your names every week, and I know that's not true. Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Allen, Chris Finelli, Chris Haru, Ketija like Conrad P. Damage. Damage? Damage? Damage control? Damage control. Daniel Descent, David Narita, David Eagle, Dennis Darian, Eric Starr, Garrett Rainus, Gareth Gardner, a cop, Garrett, Gretzky, McFly, Harrison Hasko, Hippipp89, Holosauce, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jake B, James Masker, Jerry and Marquez, JD, John, Jacques, Francoise Jean-Jean, Jimmy Mac, <laughs> oh, God. Jimmy Mac, John Hurtsy, John Shane, Johnny Thundercock. Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Joseph Friedman, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg going to the next page. I am waiting for it to load. Lays at Grunau- Grunau- Boy, that is a bad one. Leschik. I'm going to go back to the original. Leschik Gronowski. I think I nailed it. Luigi Ordano, Matthew Kahn, Meatball the Cat. Maybe I did. Mike Bucklaw, Neil Grover, Nicholas Nicola, Pascal Perri- Perrier, Pavel Kodarev, Pro World of Saints Gamer, Randy Tester, Stiegelbach, Swingart, Thomas Welsh, Thompson, Clary, Tommy Hertz Jr., Tommy O'Neill Torp, Not, upset Upstate, Vinny, Hey, Will Specter, and Winston, the Golden Retriever! <laughs> Was in Chicago this weekend. By the way, there is a difference between it's cold on the East Coast and it's cold in Chicago. First off, fuck Chicago cold. It is ridiculous. The Windy City, it just means you're freezing. At one point, my eyelids, I believe, were frozen. You could see the condensation just, just freezing up. Um, and the Rangers this weekend, by the way, uh, were much like the frozen wind. I survived, and it was not pleasurable. It was not a good time. But but I had a good time dancing, and I had a good time. The winning part was fun, but still can't get that done. Didn't get to this on the podcast as much as I really wanted to. Um, I think part because Greg won't let me talk about it. That's not true. I just I just want to blame Greg. But the off thing where I, I saw that we recorded before Golan had the quotes saying, uh, you know, I like off. I just don't know when I'm getting him back in. All right. Listen, let's be honest here. This this team never had plans for Julian Gauthier. Just never never figured it out. They they offered him to Seattle. Didn't happen. Didn't take him. Now he's back up. He's making the most of it. Credits to Julian Gauthier. Awesome for him. But Tyler Krafsov is an essential part to this New York Ranger team moving forward. I don't want to say him his improvement is as far as they go, but if Capococco can't figure out how to score... Because he's doing everything else right. Getting scoring and production from your right-wing position is critical. And if you're just benching Vitaly Kravtsov so Ryan Carpenter can play, and I know this was all Brooksy's article today. I get that, but I feel very similar to him. And I know we've all kind of been screaming it from the mountaintops as well. If Kraftsov can't be a solution at one of those three spots of right-wing, you got a problem. And not just this year, by the way, friends. Who's coming for right-wing next year? Who's around? Is your second second right-wing Julian Gauthier? Who's, who's, there's no one in the pipeline. Brandon Othman? He plays left wing. Can he play right wing? Is it the same situation as Alexi Lafreniere? Is Othman your top line right winger next year? Certainly has the shot for it. He can do that. But outside of Othman, you got no money. And if Othman doesn't do what he's supposed to do, you'd prefer this. You'd prefer to have Kako, Othman, Kraftsoff as your three right wings for the next seven years. If everything can work out, and if that's what... If all the talent bears out, well, then that's a pretty deep right wing core. If everyone hits their ceilings and everyone plays at their floor or more, but that's the, all the development and ranger development of forwards, by the way, just has not been good period. So there's a lot riding on Kravtsov's development and yet Gerard kind of gets a pass on this. I don't know why. I don't really get it. This is why I, why it was frustrating with Quinn. He ha- I think he's getting a pass because the kids are getting more responsibility overall this year. There's been a lot of good and a lot of positives with him, but uh, this team is, <laughs> this team really needs off to work out. I know he's been hurt, extremely unlucky and ineffective and invisible so far, but he needs playing time. There are, there are players that leave the Rangers and get playing time and look good. I'm, I know Niels Lundqvist was mentioned on the show. I'm still not the biggest Niels believer. I think he's good. A good NHLer, top four guy. I, I, I agree. He probably never had a spot on this Ranger lineup, and uh, they got a first for him. Not not going to be the best thing ever, but still got value. So uh, I'm really interested to see how this I thing pulls out. I don't think he's going to play against the Kings. Maybe next loss he'll come in. Uh, I, I have faith the Rangers will beat the Kings, so it might be a couple games till we see off again. Interesting going uh, to be a interesting going to be a whole thing over Thanksgiving. We shall see. I hope you all enjoy Thanksgiving. I know it's the best meal of the year. So uh, my best to you and your family. Very thankful for all of you. And uh, enjoy the World Cup. Enjoy sitting around and gorging yourself. And of course, enjoy uh, drinking at the bars on Wednesday night, as is tradition. We will see you all for BSBOT, actually, Wednesday night, shockingly. Uh, And uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Love you.